All right, welcome to the CXM Experience. And as always, I'm Grad Khan, your host and CXO, Chief Experience Officer at Sprinkler. And today is one of my favorite kinds of shows because we're doing an interview. Uh, and I just love interviews because I always learn a ton from it. I always have a really good time. I'm particularly excited about today's guest, who is Jody Sangster, and she is the CMO for IBM uh, ANZ, which is Australia, New Zealand. And she's also the head of brand for APAC. Welcome, Jody. Thank you. Very delighted to be here. <laughs> Oh, you really? Yeah. Great. Yeah. I'm glad you're delighted. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how you feel in 15 minutes. <laughs> it's nice and early in the morning for me, so I am, I'm ready okay. to go. <laughs> I, I, appreciate you, I appreciate you doing this to start your day. Hopefully this will get your day off to a great start and you'll have an awesome day and you'll be able to look back at the end of the day and say, boy, I'm really glad I was on the CXM experience with Grad because that made this day the best day of the week. That's the aim. Or that's not. the aim of or this morning. The aim. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, so I'm just gonna. I, I don't. Want, we're not gonna. You, uh, you work at IBM, amazing company. I, I almost worked at IBM. I, I was, I was about to work at IBM, and then I sort of switched gears really quickly at the last second and ended up at Sprinkler. But uh, one of the great companies of all time, and uh, I've, I've got nothing but admiration uh, for IBM and its amazing history. Um, I've always actually wanted to visit the. A uh, place where they make the mainframes in Poughkeepsie. Uh, but that just, that just <laughs> keeps slipping through my fingers, but it's, it's on my list. Anyway, I don't want to talk too much about IBM. Uh, what I really want to do is talk about you. And, uh, and the, what I find super interesting when I talk to different CMOs and other marketing leaders is uh, the story of how you got into marketing, you know, sort of and why you decided to go into marketing. Um, I'm always really interested in how people define marketing. I've yet to have the same definition repeated to me. So that's always really interesting to me. And then we'll talk a little bit about how customers are changing today and all the challenges are, sort of we face with all the customer evolution that's occurring. So let's start with why marketing. So why did you get into marketing of all the jobs? Like, like let's face it, this is not an easy job. <laughs> of all the things you job. could do in life, why marketing? <laughs> yeah. So it's a funny one because I've actually had a backwards career. I, I think I've kind of... I've done things in reverse. So I started off as a lawyer. Um, and oh, yeah, I, I was a lawyer. Yeah, that's um, cool. Very interested in privacy, data protection, how you could use data, et cetera. And that's kind of where the whole customer, kind of customer piece came in. So I started off, off, off doing that. After various jobs, I then ended up as a CEO um, of, a, of the marketing association. Yeah. So, um, so that oh, was, cool. uh, okay. yeah, All so right. it's very much kind of looking into the industry. It was for Australia. And really understanding kind of what the trends were, where's all this going, what can we do to help marketers kind of advance, um, and what, what kind of new skills do they need, what do businesses need to do to invest in marketers to make sure that they've kind of got the best talent uh, in their organizations. And then from there, I became a CMI. So it's kind of, um, wow. I've done it, uh, as I say, a slightly different uh, way around. And you know what's been fascinating going into marketing from kind of running a marketing association is exactly what you, you just said. It's actually a much harder job than I think anyone gives uh, gives it credit um, because you are across so many. It's kind of vast in terms of what marketing now sits across in terms of really making sure that we're engaging our customers. And I don't think that's a, an easy job at all. And it's changing, you know, every, every, every month there's something new that we need to take on board or something new that we need to do in technology or something new that we need to do in data. So it's kind of one of these constantly evolving roles. 
but look, I, I love it. Um, and I'm glad I found myself here. You know, I agree with you that it is hard because of the need to sit across so many different organizational silos. And CMOs are actually increasingly getting tasked with digital transformation because they're one of the few players in an organization that is touching so many different groups, right? So they've got that different view. I think also what makes it really hard is that everybody else thinks it's really easy. Yeah. Like, I don't know about you, but like everyone thinks they know how to do marketing. It's unbelievable. And so, and so there's, everyone's got tons and tons of opinions. Like one of the nice things to think about being a lawyer is people rarely tell you how to be a lawyer, right? They're like, they're, oh, geez, you're a lawyer. I mean, oh my gosh, you know, you know save me. You know? <laughs> but, but marketing is like, everyone's got like 50 different points of view on how you should be doing your job. And of course, the trickiest thing about marketing, and I don't know how you, I'd love to sort of hear how you manage this, is that you have to, you can't do everything. I have yet to... It may happen, but I've yet to run into a marketer who said to me, wow, I just had so much money. I did every single tactic I wanted to do. And I just like literally just had extra money left over and didn't know what to do with it. And now all these extra people too. And we were just there, we were sitting around because we had no more things to invest in. <laughs> like, I've never heard yeah. that, right? So how do you, how do you allocate? Like what's your sort of skill set and sort of mindset as you think about allocation? How do you make choices between different tactics? Because you know, they've all can legitimately drive the business. It's hard to sort of tell them apart sometimes. Yeah, look, and this, I would absolutely agree with you in terms of there are so many things you can do. There are so many things that people want you to do, um, which, you know, I mean, in an organisation the size of IBM and with the number of business units, I guess, within IBM, I mean, we're, we're a, a case study for that, I guess, that there's a lot of um, requests that are made of marketing. And you have to then look at it and go, we can't do everything and we want to do certain things and do them really well. Um, for us, it's really about kind of what are the the big business objectives. So what are the pick three, and and they're the business objectives that we'll then support. And then for me, it's about looking at the data and what is working for us and what is not working for us. And you know, and really kind of getting behind that, because a lot of activities um, and tactics can sound like a good idea or you can get a, a, for example, a huge attendance at something or you Mm. can be reaching a huge amount of people in digital, but is it actually converting into the business result that you're wanting it to convert into? And often the answer to that is no. So um, we we do spend kind of retrospective time rather than consistently looking forward. We do spend time looking backwards and saying, well, what has worked for us? What hasn't worked for us? And if it hasn't worked, is there a reason why that hasn't worked? Um, you know, or is, is it something that we did and we could you know, change or do better? Or is it actually just that sort of marketing at this time is not working for us? And that's how we then kind of allocate and say, this is where, where we're going to spend our money. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, there's a... I don't know. This might be apocryphal. I'm not sure if it's uh, a data-based comment, but I've read um, a couple times that about 98% of all marketing initiatives fail to reach their goals. And based on my experience, I don't think that's a crazy number. I'm going to say that could, that could be true. Uh, so I was kind of jokingly tell my team, if we're just failing 95% of the time, then we're killing it versus the industry average. So it's a bit depressing, think, isn't it? Well, <laughs> I could be worse, could be failing 100% of the time. So, you know, the, but how do you manage that, right? Because like the, there is a sort of a truism in marketing is that you're mostly failing all the time, right? And and uh, and then learning from that and then recalibrating and stuff like that. So how do you handle 
failure with your team and uh, different leaders manage this in different ways. And how do you get your team to be okay with trying things that might not work? Yeah. So I think it depends on the measure, to be honest with you. So I think if you're consistently going on just a revenue measure, um, mm. uh, you know, uh, um, then you can look at it and say, well, of the people that we that we reached, you know, did those convert into um, into sales? And you're going to say, well, no, obviously not everybody that we that we touch in marketing is going to convert into business. But it also does have a, a you know, a, a different objective behind it as well. So I think it's being clear about the objectives and making sure you've got objectives in there, which both obviously line up to the business, but also have some of those broader marketing priorities, which can be around brand, which can be around engagement, which can be about, you know, in a B2B world, it could be depth into accounts, so you're reaching more people in the account. So I think you can kind of, with the measures, look at it, don't use them as such a blunt instrument that it looks as though we're always or, you know, we're not meeting, meeting every, every business goal um, because some of, some of those business goals are not um, as black and white. Um, or sorry, some of the marketing goals are not as black and white as the business goals. Yeah, that's neat. You know, I, uh, I have a, a sort of an IBM, as I sort of mentioned at the beginning, I'm a big fan of the company, and I have a little IBM story for you. So um, <laughs> be, because of the, this problem, right, because of this problem, you can't always know that something is delivered dollars, uh, sometimes people don't get recognized for work they do um, because it's not revenue attached or yep. n- not yet. And so I, I created a, a, an award that I, I did it. I had a, like a monthly marketing team, all hands. And I created an award uh, called the Think Award. And you see where I'm going here, right? Ah, and, I like uh-huh, this. Uh-huh. And so what I did is I went on eBay and I found all these, uh, there's, I think, I think it was uh, the Eames. Um, the Eames designed what one of the think plaques that people would have on their desks at IBM were designed by the Eames. And, uh, and there, there's a ton of them available on eBay. And so I scooped up, not as many anymore, though, because I scooped up like hundreds of these things and, uh, and bought them all. And they all came in various conditions and also different languages. They came from all around the world. And they're yep. all different colors. They're, they're, they're kind of a rounded edge plastic thing with a metal frame in it. And then what we would do is that when people were, did something cool, I would recognize usually three or four people with a think award and they kind of proudly display them on the desk. And actually Randy, our producer, if he, if he turns his video on in the very near the end, you'll see there's a think plaque behind him. That's one of the think awards that he won. So it was kind of a neat way to recognize people are still doing cool stuff, but maybe we can't always put a goal on it. And that's, it was, it's, people seem to like that. Um, all right. So, let's talk so a little just bit on of, that thing, oh, okay, on that okay. think story, and just so yeah. actually, and I just heard this the other day where, where that idea of think came from. So obviously think for us is a, you know, is, is a kind of a, a masthead brand for, for our kind of innovation right. leadership conferences, et cetera. Um, but it came from, um, from Thomas Watson um, right. sitting in the boardroom when he was sitting around the room going, you know, I think IBM is one of those companies that continually reinvents itself. And they were sitting in the boardroom, um, you know, looking at kind of what's the next step for IBM and whether, you know, and he stood up and said, guys, I need you to think. And that's where Think wow. came from. And I actually just learned that like two weeks ago. So there we that's go. That's awesome. What a great story. Um, and, then, and then it ended up being signs. And it's just, it's, it's such a great, yeah. it's such a great slogan. Uh, so um, let's talk a little bit about what marketing is. So this is something I'm also super interested in. Uh, I have yet to find uh, two marketers who define marketing the same way. They're, they're often within the same orbit and the same solar system, but rarely are they the same uh, planet. 
Uh, so how do you define marketing? If someone were to say to you, you're in marketing, oh, what is marketing? How would you describe it to them? Well, I think this is a really difficult question. Um, but I think broadly, um, as marketing, you are the representative of the customer. That's kind of broadly how I put it. So you are like the that. one in the organization who is going to sit there and say, what are we doing? What, what is right for the, for the customer? And then kind of working backwards from there, you're kind of going, okay, well, what is the information we need to provide to the customer? How can we make ourselves more valuable to the customer? How can we engage them? How can we, uh, you know, invoke emotions in our customer? And that's really, for me, it, and that's why I think marketing has become so broad because it's not about I'm going to go out and sell a product. It's about actually looking from the customer backwards as to how the company can be valuable to the customer so that you are going to be more top of mind. I love that. That's fantastic. And that is a nice segue into our next sort of topic because customers are challenging these days. Customers are changing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love to just hear your thoughts on how you see customers changing and, and the ways you're thinking about reacting to that and working within that new context. Um, so it, the, the great thing is, I think, as marketers, um, we are also consumers and we know how we've changed and we know how we are expecting companies to interact with us and how we are expecting them to be valuable to us. So I think the change from a, from a customer's perspective, I often hear people saying, you know, customers now expect companies to be personalized with them or to really kind of get down to a personal level. And I don't believe that's strictly true. Mm. I think what customers are expecting are that we, we are valuable to them. Because it's not possible for every, every company to, to, to get to the level of um, experience that they can be personal with every customer. But I do think that they have a responsibility to be valuable to a customer. Mm. Um, so for me, I think that's what we, what we should be focused on um, as marketers and thinking through kind of with, with the programs that we're putting out there you know, and really questioning ourselves is, is this valuable to the customer or am I just trying to put something out there that's valuable to me? Interesting. I love I'm not that sure I answered the question, actually. No, well, <laughs> no it's, it's, a, it's a... I forgot the question halfway through, so well, like, I'm not sure if well, I answered your, it or your not. Your comment, which I, I, I will, actually, I'll challenge you gently and respectfully on the beginning of your answer because your, okay. the beginning of your answer was, well, you know, we all know how customers have changed because we've all changed. I accept yes. that's true for you and me. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that everybody in the company gets that. Like I'm constantly having bizarre meetings with people who still don't think Facebook's a thing. <laughs> and, yes. and it's, and it's so, so I think there's, I think it's a little dangerous maybe to assume that everyone in the company is all at the same sort of level of understanding how people are different. And, uh, and so I don't know, how do you make sure that your peers and everyone is like on the same page that you're on? Cause I think marketers tend to be pretty hip with this stuff, but not everybody else is. Yeah. But I think you can use that to your advantage because pretty much, I mean, particularly in an organization, the size of mine, um, you've got a very good cross section of what you know, the consumer looks like. And you're 100% right. You know, we may assume because we are dealing with digital every day that, you know, that everyone understands social media and everybody understands, you know, kind of what, what, what the new technologies are and, and what they should be engaged in. But you're right. I mean, you look around the company and actually, you know, 
not everybody is engaged in that that area and not everybody is is so far advanced and not everybody's kind of buying online not everybody and i think that's important to take into account so you can actually use that to your advantage um you know within an organization so that you are understand there is a diversity out there and the diversity is the segment of of customers you're dealing with but it's also kind of the how advanced they are and we can't make assumptions that everybody is at that same at that same stage in mm. terms of though, I think your question's got a slightly different uh, spin on it as well, which is how do you keep a company up to speed with with what's going on and and kind of where we need to be playing? And I do think marketing can can play a role in that. And I would do that. I, I might answer that in a very kind of small way that we've done it within 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 our organisation. So, for example, we know we've got to be more um, visible on social media. And not everybody in the organization is is on LinkedIn or is on Twitter mm, or, mm. or whatever it may be. So we've actually, in our marketing team, we've, we've um, partnered up our marketers with uh, people within the organization, so executives within the organization, and partnered them together. Oh, so that you know, we can take forward, yeah. So we take forward um, you know, the idea that, that, that the marketer can be helping somebody to become more right. proficient in social, can be helping them to, to craft a, a, you know, a post and it would be easier for them. And I had a great conversation the other day with, with uh, somebody within, um, within IBM who said, I really want to be on social media, but it's that fear that I sit mm. there and I write something and I've got to press send and it goes out to the big wide world. And it's true, right? A lot of us feel like that. And, you know, it's a small way. It's small things that you can do um, like that uh, in organizations that will go, actually, we, we can help you to kind of take that next step and build your profile or um, be more um, confident with the new technology that's coming through. That's a great idea. It's also a great way to get the marketing organization embedded more deeply across Absolutely. the org so you kind of break down silos. That's a, I, I never heard of that idea actually there was one time i was i worked at microsoft for a long time and um there was a um i had had the weirdest meeting with someone once where we were talking about linkedin we were doing social selling and just a whole bunch of just i was just kind of going on about what we're doing on linkedin and all the strategies and with a deadpan face he said to me you know i never actually been to linkedin yep i said like lately and he goes no never been to linkedin like never even gone to the page never even looked at it and I was like, wow, that's, that's lifetime employment. I'll tell you, I'm not worried at all. <laughs> it's like amazing. I think he's still there, still doing very well. It's just very strange. Um, okay. Well, and still not on LinkedIn. And still not on LinkedIn, right? Cause yeah, yeah anyway. well, Jody, this has been fantastic. And I want to thank you for your time and your, and your ideas. I love that you uh, shared those things with us today. And it was really great to have you on the CXM experience. Any, any last words or any last thoughts for, uh, for listeners? I don't have any last thoughts, um, but I tell you what, I will be tuning in because I think, uh, you know, it's this sort of sharing. You just pick up kind of thinking of, of other marketers um, and, and people kind of dealing with the same issues. And it's those little gems that sometimes you can mm. go away with and go, you know what, I can just do something slightly differently. So um, thank you so much for having me. I, I, I've really enjoyed it. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing those insights. Some great ideas in there. I really, really enjoyed that session. I really appreciate uh, your time. So our guest today was Jody Sangster, CMO for IBM ANZ. Uh, and for the CXM experience, I'm Grad Khan, CXO at Sprinkler, and I will see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>